0: Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> the greatest thing about that song is that's not a fairy tale, that's a reality. Amen. 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 Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 1. I, I said this in our, our Bible study last week, and I'm going to say it again because the more I studied, the more God gave to me. And we'll just try to get through what we can get through. We kind of like the Smokey and the Bandit this morning. Got a long ways to go and a short time to get there. Amen? Amen. But well, we are driving a hot rod Chevy. Say amen. amen. He had a Trans Am, but you know, nobody's perfect. Hallelujah. Revelation 4, verse 1. Revelation 4, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. Say it again. If you're there, say amen. 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 After this, I looked. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. I'm, we're going to preach today on the subject of the rapture, the rapture of the church. Uh, when it's going to take place, Lord's willing, uh, I'm, I'm praying it's not going to be long. Amen. Amen. I'm looking forward to it. It says, after this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Verse number two, it says, and immediately, How soon? How soon? And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Dear Heavenly Father, have your way in this service. Please anoint your word. God, I pray that you, Lord, let me preach like a dying man to a dying world. Lord, we'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. In this particular verse, especially verse number one, we've read and we've studied, uh, Jesus said that he told John on the Isle of Patmos, he said, Write the things which thou hast seen, that's chapter number one. Write the things which are, that's chapters two and three of the book of Revelation. Then he said this, write the things which must be here." After that is chapters 4 through 22, we find uh, here in this first verse, this is the very first verse after he addresses the church, and you find that you don't hear about the church again till the end of Revelation. I believe personally, I believe personally that this is a picture of the rapture of the church. If you will take Revelation chapter 4 verse number 1 and compare it to 1 Thessalonians 4.16. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with them in the clouds. Listen. We get the word rapture from that phrase, caught up. One day we will rise. One day we will be caught up together to be with the Lord in the air. And we know and I believe that if you compare these verses, the greatest commentary for the Bible is the Bible. If you will compare verse to verse, scripture to scripture, the Bible says there will be a last trump. The Bible says there will be a calling away. The Bible says we will be caught up together to be with them in the clouds. And I believe this verse here in Revelation 4-1 is a clear picture, a clear description of the rapture of the church. Church, say amen. Listen, I want to give you four quick things today. Four quick things today. Say amen. Uh, number one, I believe the rapture means four things to the Christian, to the believer, to to this world as a whole—not just to the believer, but to everybody. Listen, the rapture means number one, the return of the Savior, the return of the Savior. Jesus, while he was here on this earth, he fulfilled the Father's will. He completed his commission and his calling on earth. He died for me and he died for you. He paid the price for our sin and your sin. And he had followers that were following him. And they said, "Uh, listen, we want to be where you are. We want to go where you go. He said, but i got to tell you, I've got to leave for just a little while. I've got to go back to my father's house. They were all upset and tore up. And in John 14... He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Some of the most famous words in American history, General Douglas MacArthur told the Filipino people, I've got to leave. I am being commanded to leave by the President of the United States, but I shall return. I shall return. He got into Australia And he said these words, and it was recorded. He said, I have come through. In other words, he got through the Japanese onslaught. He escaped from it. He said, I have come through, and I shall return. The American government tried to make him change his words around to we shall return, but he wouldn't do it. And I know, listen, he came back. After two years, he came back with reinforcements. After a little while, he came back with reinforcements, stepped back on that shore, and said, I have returned. I have come through and I shall return. Jesus Christ, the captain of our salvation on the cross, he said it is finished, basically saying I have come through, I have overcome, I have conquered the world, I've got to go to my father's house and prepare you a place, but I shall return. And the rapture to me represents the return of the Savior, the return of the Savior. Listen, why is he returning? Hey, write this down. I'm trying to go quick. Write this down. He is coming to remove. He's coming to remove. He is removing the church. He is removing his bride from this earth. Listen, I believe personally. I believe personally. Listen. And if you don't believe this, we ain't going to fall out over it. Amen? You may, there are some, I knew preachers that believed in, in the, the, the mid-trip. In other words, the rapture is going to take place halfway through the tribulation. Some people believe it's going to take place at the end of the tribulation. But my personal belief is it will take place before the tribulation. Amen. And this is why. The Bible, the Bible says in Revelation 3.10, talking to the church of Philadelphia and also addressing the church as a whole, he says, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon the, all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And I believe that's in reference to the tribulation period. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.10, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 and 9, it says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. I believe if you go back to the Old Testament, I believe if you look at the story of Enoch, the Bible says Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. God took him. You say, why do you reckon God took him? I believe he was giving us an illustration. I believe he was giving us a Bible character picture of the rapture of the church because right before the judgment of the flood, right before judgment came upon this whole earth, God took him out of here. And I believe before judgment falls upon this planet, before the judgment of the seven-year tribulation, I believe God is going to take us out. Listen, listen. I believe Noah is a type of the Jews that were sealed. Listen, Noah was sealed in that ark. And he went through judgment safely. The Bible says God is going to seal 144,000. I believe that is a type of those Jews that will be sealed and make it safely through the tribulation period. But before the judgment came, Enoch was taken out. Church, say amen. The coming of the Savior, he's coming to remove. Then he's coming to reward. 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Revelation 22, 12. And behold, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. One day, every tear you shed will be worth it. One day every beat of sweat that drops off of your body because you're laboring for God, it'll be worth it all. Amen. One day, He's coming to reward His saints. Amen. Church, say amen. amen. Number one, I believe the rapture means the return of the Savior. Number two, I told you you got to hurry. Number two, I believe the rapture means the resurrection of the sleeping. The resurrection of the sleeping. So why do you say the word sleeping? Because that's the word that God used. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Listen, I believe, I believe God uses the term sleep as a way of comforting his children. I don't, you say, what do you mean? Do you believe in eternal sleep that once a person dies, uh, then, then, then they are no longer uh, are conscious or aware of anything till the resurrection? No, I don't believe that. I heard a preacher preaching that on TV, and he needs to get him a good Bible and actually read it. Yeah. The Bible, Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And the moment, the moment, the moment that your spirit and soul leaves this body, your body's going to go back to dust. But your spirit and soul will be with the Lord in the air. Yes, sir. How do you know? Because the Bible says when Stephen was stoned, he looked up and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Amen. Say amen. amen. But your body goes to sleep. Your body goes to sleep. Your body goes back to the ground. Listen, when we, when we stand at a funeral, if that person is saved, they are no longer in that shell. It's, yes. it's kind of like, like sailors in a submarine. Listen, when them sailors come out of that submarine, that submarine was the shell that carried them around. Are y'all with me? Amen. And when your soul and spirit leaves your body, listen, that body is just what house who you really are. Amen. 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 Now. That resurrection, let's talk about that just a minute. That resurrection of the sleeping. Listen, it's going to be a changing resurrection. It is going to be a changing resurrection. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. In other words, when Jesus comes, we're not all going to die. Some of us are going to be alive and well when he comes. I pray I'm one of them. I'm looking for the uptaker, not the undertaker. I'm looking for a hole in the sky, not a hole in the ground. Say amen. Listen, it says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I feel a little God bump right there. Amen. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Listen, your, your grandpa or your granny may have went in the ground blind, but they're going to come up seeing. They may, they may have went in the ground because of sugar diabetes and may have lost a limb or lost a leg or lost a body part, but honey, when they get up out of the ground, they're going to be walking ready to go. Job said this, Job said this, I know my Redeemer lives. Job 19, I know my Redeemer liveth and shall stand at the latter day on this earth. And though the skin worms destroy this body and mine, yet in my flesh I shall see God. I shall see him like he is. He said, hey, it don't matter if they, listen, these worms can have my body. He may destroy it all the way to completely. But when Jesus comes back, I'm going to see him in my flesh and bones. Say amen. The Bible says what manner of love. First John, I believe, is chapter two or three. It says, "Beloved, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God? It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but when we see Him, we shall be like Him. No more sorrow, no more glasses, no more Tylenol. No, are y'all with me? Are y'all even hearing me today? We're gonna go down broken, but we're gonna come up mended." We're going to go down old, but we're going to come up new. The Bible says this corruption must put on incorruption. This mortality shall put on immortality. It's a change in resurrection. Hallelujah. Amen. We could say it was good to be in the house of the Lord already. We could stop right there. But it's going, be a, it's going to be a comforting resurrection. At the end of 1 Thessalonians 4.18, it says, Wherefore? Comfort one another with these words. You know, last week in the in the late service, I, I was talking about the point. I was talking about the point of we'll, we'll, we shall never hunger again. And you know, we didn't do backflips or we didn't really shout about that because nobody in here is hungry. Most of us all have too much to eat, to be honest with you. So when we say we ain't never gonna be hungry again, that don't really mean nothing to us. But you tell that little child in Haiti, it'll mean something to them. And when I say our bodies will be changed, to y'all that are healthy, to y'all that don't ever go to the doctor, to y'all that don't have no problems, that don't mean nothing to you. But you that hurt every day of your life when you wake up in the morning, that's a comfort. You tell granny in the nursing home, You say, Granny, I got the keys to a Mercedes Benz. It won't mean nothing to her. She can't drive it no how. You tell her, I've got the keys to a mansion on the hillside. It's got everything you could ever imagine. That won't mean nothing to her. But you say, Granny, Jesus is about to come back. You're about to receive a brand new body. You're about to receive something that you've never had before. I'm telling you, Granny's coming out to bed. At resurrection, it's a change in resurrection. Hallelujah. I can't wait. Can y'all? It's a change in resurrection. It's a comforting resurrection. Then number three. Number three. The Bible says, listen, the rapture. What was number one? The rapture means the return of the Savior. Savior. Then number two, the rapture means. then, then, Then number three, the rapture means this. The relocation of the saints. If you, if you ever, if you ever study about U.S. ambassadors, U.S. ambassadors, representatives of the leadership of our country, they are representatives of the authority in our country, we have U.S. ambassadors all over the world. They're in in, in cities all over the world. Sometimes they're a very difficult cities, sometimes they're 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 cities that are in great turmoil. But if you look in the ambassador's handbook, they say they say in the ambassador's handbook and and and, and 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 so forth all their rules and responsibilities and so forth and so on. Toward the end it says, in case of danger, in case of danger, they will be airlifted. To safety. And I don't know if you recognize it or not, but it's getting rough out there. The Bible says in the last days perilous times shall come. Perilous times shall come. We are living in dangerous days. We are living in dangerous days for a Christian. They're going into churches and shooting people today. It's not safe to be a Christian. But I'm telling you, before the tribulation period starts, before the great judgment of God falls upon this earth, before the day of Jacob's trouble takes place, we will be airlifted to safety. We're going to be relocated. Listen, this relocation is going to be swift. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, behold! I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. Watch this. In a moment, in the... Say it with me. That means one minute you're looking at me, and the next, gone. You know, President Carter... God help him. He sent, he sent a crew in to get some people that had been kidnapped. Y'all remember? Yes. And it was an utter failure. Sand got into the turbines of those helicopters, and listen, it was a mess. They could not succeed. It was a failure. He came on, and he did have enough character to say, hey, I'm responsible. But you know what? When Jesus comes for his relocation project, Operation Rapture, it will be a success. It will be sure. And it will be swift. And it could be any moment. Any moment. Jesus expects us to live every moment like it could be the moment. There was a missionary... There was a missionary to uh, the, 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 help me now, out, the, the migrant camps at Victory where I went to Bible college. Brother Melvin Miniter, I promise you, if you was in a radius of five feet because his cane was three feet. And when he would get happy, God is my witness. We got witnesses right here on, on the front, the O'Neills. When he'd get happy. I don't even know why I used it to walk, because all he did was this with it every time I saw him. I saw him at a gas station one time. I said, Brother Melvin, how you doing? I mean, he's on the other side of the pump again. He said, "Whoa, it could be tonight. Did he not? Did he not do that? Every time you saw him, Jesus could come tonight. He lived every day of his life believing this could be the time. Say, oh, that's crazy. He lived better than us. Because there was something, me and my brother, occasionally, not very often, but occasionally, we would misbehave. Now, my sister, she misbehaved all the time. She was spoiled. She would never get in trouble. She'd always tell on me and Joe. But there was a moment of time... That you did not misbehave. Y'all know when it is. That's right before daddy gets home. Now, see, if you misbehave later on down through the day, mom may forget it. And, and you are praying for amnesia to strike in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. But you did not act a fool that close to daddy coming home because you knew she wouldn't forget it and mama will tell on you. Did anybody have a daddy like mine? And Jesus said, listen, and by the way, all these crowds running to all these prophecy conferences trying to find a sign and trying to pinpoint the date. God ain't in that. This is what he said. He said, An adulterous generation seeketh a sign. What is an adulterer? Somebody that cheats on their spouse. And, and, and what we are, we are married to Christ. We're the bride of Christ. And Jesus knows our human nature, if we knew that it was going to be such and such a time and such and such a date, we'd live like hell itself and then right before, we'd make things right. But if you thought Jesus would come tonight, it would change your attitude. Amen? Listen, this relocation, it's going to be a swift relocation. But then... It's going to be a separating relocation. It's going to be a separating relocation. The Bible says in Matthew 24, verse 37, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Listen, is any of that stuff bad? Not necessarily. He wasn't saying that living live in your life and, 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 and doing that. He's saying they did everything like it was. there would always be a tomorrow. They lived their life. Noah was preaching to them saying judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. God is going to destroy this earth. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. But they just went on with their life like everything was all right. Like there would always be a tomorrow. Like the sun would always come up in the morning until judgment fell. The Bible says the days before the Christ returns will be the same way. Preachers all over this country right now are standing in pulpits saying, judgment is coming, judgment is coming. Get right with God, repent, for today is the day of salvation. And people are just going on about their life like there will always be a tomorrow. It says, they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then, listen up, then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour the Lord doth come. One day, the trumpet's going to sound. Every Christian born again, saved, blood washed, is going to disappear off of this planet. I believe there will be cars crashing. I believe there will be planes crashing. I believe there will be a frantic fear for just a short period of time. Because, see, see, the Antichrist is going to come forward with a lie. There's going to be people disappearing. Wives disappearing and the husband left there. Husbands disappearing and the wife left there. Friends disappearing and wondering what, what, what happened, what happened. It's a separating relocation. Church, some of y'all are looking at me like you're shocked. We know this. This is a reality. You know the saddest part about this whole deal is the world's living like there will always be tomorrow. But the sad part is so are Christians. We go to work with people every day that we don't witness to. We have family members that we have not witnessed to. We have people that, listen, that we know that are friends of ours. And one day you can be talking to them and be separated from them forever. It's a separating relocation. It's coming. This is real. This is not a comic book. This is reality. Listen. Lastly. What was number one? The rapture means this. The return of the Savior. Savior. Number two. The resurrection of the sleeping. sleeping. Number three. Now write this down. I want you to see lastly. The reprobation of the sluggish. The reprobation of the sluggish. The word reprobation, it, it means to condemn strongly as unworthy, unacceptable or evil. To foreordain, to damnation, to refuse to accept. I, I, wanna, I want you to take your Bibles and we're ahead of schedule. I'm, I'm looking at the clock, we're ahead of schedule. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me uh, to the New Testament. I want you to turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I want you to mark this in your Bible so you can go home and read it later. We'll have it on the screen if you don't have it. 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 2. While you're turning, I will kind of explain what Paul is doing with this chapter. In 1 Thessalonians, he talked about he talked about the rapture. We read that a while ago. For the Lord himself shall have from heaven and shall. With the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God and the dead in Christ. Shall. And throughout the first letter to the Thessalonians, he was, he was talking about the, the rapture of the church. We're not appointed to wrath. Uh, he, has, he has saved us from the wrath to come. So forth and so on. Well, there was a false letter that was ascribed to Paul, but Paul did not write it. That was sent to those believers. And, and in that letter it said, We are now in the tribulation period. They were they were being told that they were in the day of the Lord. They were in that time of judgment and they were freaking out. I mean, they were scared to death. And Paul writes Second Thessalonians, this second letter to them, to straighten all that out. He said, Hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. And he begins to he begins to describe and tell them. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. It's talking about the rapture. That ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us. In other words, the letter you got, it wasn't from us. As that the day of Christ is at hand. let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. It's talking about the Antichrist. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. Or that is worship, so that he is, as God, and sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And, 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 and now ye you know what withholdeth. That word withholdeth means to hold back, to put limitations on. And now ye you know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in this time. In other words, if it was up to the devil, uh, the Antichrist would be revealed right now. But there's something holding him back. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he, now it's given, it's given he, not a, it, a he. And only he who now letteth, the word letteth means to hold back, to, with, to restrain. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. He that now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Then, then shall that wicked be revealed. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. It's talking about the Antichrist. In other words, he who now letteth will let, or hold back, is in reference to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is restraining the the spirit and the forces of evil as we speak right now. Listen, if the church was not here there, there is no way to imagine what this world would be like. The only thing holding back judgment in Sodom was the, the presence of a God-man. Lot, Yes, he had issues. Yet, he had problems. But God said he was a righteous man. And God would not destroy that city because there was salt there. But when that salt was removed... Hello. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit is holding back. He is restraining this force. He is restraining this spirit of Antichrist until he be taken out of the way. And I believe that's at the rapture of the church. And when that takes place, the Bible says he shall step forward. If you will study Revelation 4 and 5, that's the scene in heaven. We're going to talk about that this afternoon. Unbelievable, most, most exciting two chapters in the Bible. We're going to go over that this afternoon. Next week is, listen, chapter 6 through 9, 6 through 10. Which And the first thing that's, that happens, the Bible says that seal is broken. That seal is broken. And the first thing you see is a white horse rider. And this is not the white horse rider of chapter number 19, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a different white horse rider. This is in representation of the Antichrist. And the Bible says he's going to step forward and he's going to tell a lie. He's going to tell a big one. And it's going to be so good, if we were here, we would believe it. The Bible says this, And with all deceivableness, verse 10, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. What does that mean? It means this. I've had people tell me, and and, and, and they've read the the book uh, Left Behind. And that's, that's okay. But there's only one problem with the book Left Behind. If you have heard the gospel before the rapture takes place, and you refuse to believe it, you're not going to believe it after the rapture. And in the book, you have preachers, you have church people and all that that went to church. Well, then they they get saved in the book. But, But according to this chapter, that's not going to happen. God will send a strong delusion because you refuse to believe the gospel when you had an opportunity and you will believe a lie and you will be damned. Preacher, why are you saying all this? Because I've had people tell me, well, I'll just get saved after the rapture. Then I'll know it's true. Then I'll trust Christ. No, you won't. No, you won't. Listen, the cause of this damnation, the cause of this is because there was a day in your life that you heard the truth of the gospel. You heard that Jesus Christ died for your sin he was crucified on a cross. He shed his blood to wash your sin away. And you put it off. You procrastinated. Or you did not believe what was being taught. And you shunned the salvation of the Lord. That's the cause. God does not want anybody to go to hell. So don't stand here and say that God is sending. God has never sent anybody to hell. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. If he wanted anybody in hell, he wouldn't have crucified his son to keep you out of there. If you go, it's your own choice. If you're under the sound of my voice right now, if you're under the sound of my voice right now, I've told you the gospel plainly and clearly. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus comes back tonight. You're damned if you don't trust Him. Let me read it. We see a cause and we see a conclusion. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. One day, Jesus is coming again. Why? Why? Why put it off? It's how many? Is anybody? Is anybody here from the state of Florida? Any, raise your hand if you're from the state of Florida. Y'all are wonderful people. Just great, wonderful. You know what? Just you know what it is to experience hurricanes. Well, nowadays hurricanes are forecasted days ahead of time. And, and when that hurricane's, it's, it's, it's the most amazing thing to me. Four, five, four or five days before, it's coming, and it's tracking. And I know that sometimes it goes one way but most of the time, they're pretty dead on the money. And, and, and four or five days, and that thing's coming, and you know it's coming. I mean, it's not like, hey, It's coming. But nobody does anything. Till 12 hours. And then there's lines from, I mean, the line will stretch from Lowe's to Home Depot. Waiting till the last minute. You know what? Sometimes, Brother Chris, they go in there. And there ain't no plywood left. You see, down there, you buy plywood and you cover up all your windows. And sometimes people have waited so long, they went in there and there was nothing left. There's coming a day. There's coming a day you're going to walk in this building. ain't going to be nobody here. There's coming a day just as sure as I'm standing here that trumpet's going to sound and this world will be forever changed. Right, right, right. You're trying to scare me. If that'll work, if that'll work, I, yeah, whatever works. But see, this is not just for the lost in the building today. This is for us saved. We've got to get busy. We're running out of time. Jesus is coming soon. Three times, I believe if I remember right, three times in the last chapter of Revelation, the very last chapter of the Bible, he says, Behold, I come quickly. Three times. Behold. Hold, I come quickly. There'll be scoffers in the last day saying, where's the promise of his coming? It seems like yesterday. I'm telling you, Brother Kendrick, it seems like yesterday I couldn't wait to get my driver's license. And I'm standing now just a few months away from my daughter getting hers. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Time is flying. I mean here, have y'all ever seen that commercial where that, that little baby's in the, in the carrier and in the next frame it's like a human in the carrier, I mean an adult. And time's flying. If we're going to witness to them, we better get to it. How many of you, and we're done, how many of you had a had an impression on your heart. Maybe God spoke to your heart to call somebody or witness to somebody, and and and, and I mean, it just and you just get well. I'll do it, and I'll do, it. and I and then you got word that something happened, and then they're gone. I wasn't going to say this, but I just feel impressed to do it. In the chapter after the great white throne judgment. This is after the rapture. This is after the worship of chapters 4 and 5. This is after the millennial reign. This is after we have our brand new body. All of this is after. There's going to be the great white throne judgment. The judgment of all the lost. The Bible says the dead, small and great was brought before, and they were judged and cast into hell. They were cast into the lake of fire. But the most amazing thing to me is that the very next, about three or four verses later, in the next chapter, the Bible says, and God shall wipe away all tears, and there shall be no more sorrow, no more crying. And I like that. But i got to wonder, why are we crying? We've done, been, we've done been through a thousand years of reigning with the Lord. We've done been in heaven rejoicing. We've done been worshiping. Why are there tears in our eyes? Could it be that we saw some in that great white throne judgment that we should have witnessed to? That we should have told. I pray today. For if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. We've got altar workers that are coming right now. And they're going to be in place. And they're going to be ready. And if you don't know the Lord. It is the easiest thing you'll ever do in your life. It is the easiest thing you'll ever do. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I want to encourage you today, as every head's bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed.